Secret number six, seven phases of a funnel. Growing up, one of my favorite stores was GNC. I loved supplements. I loved going into the stores and reading the labels to see what each one could do for me. I would often spend hours in the store trying to decide of all the supplements in there, which was the one that I wanted to try the most. I didn't have a lot of money, so I had to make sure that I got the perfect product for me on that trip. The only thing I hated about GNC is that every time I'd walk in the door, the person who worked there would run up to me and say, hi, welcome to GNC. Can I help you with anything? I never knew how to answer that question and it always made me feel uncomfortable. Oftentimes, I would wait outside until the salesperson was talking to someone else and then I would sneak in and try my best to avoid eye contact. I'm not sure if it's because I'm an introvert or just because I'm obsessed with marketing and sales processes, but I remember thinking that if the person working would just ask me a different question, I wouldn't have felt so uncomfortable and would have likely spent much more time there. As I grew older, I used to notice the process that different businesses would take me through and how I felt in each step. For instance, when I would go to a hotel, how was I greeted? Where do they take me to get my hotel key? How did I get from the lobby to my hotel room? Did they have a bellhop take me on that journey? Were there clear instructions or did I get lost trying to find my room through the maze of the hotel? What was my experience at each step in the process? Some hotels made me feel special while others left me wishing for more. I noticed the sales processes everywhere, such as how servers at restaurants would interact with me, how phone calls would go when I got called to change my cable or my phone providers, and even people I met throughout each day. I became increasingly sensitive to how I felt at each step inside any process I stepped into. When I started to buy things online, I was even more sensitive to how I felt. Sometimes the sales process or funnel they took me through was frictionless. Other times, I had to jump through so many hoops, I usually ended up just walking away from the purchase, even though I really wanted the thing I had come there to buy. As I started to sell my own products and services online, I became obsessed with my customer's journey. What did they feel when they saw one of my ads? And what made them want to click on it? When they hit the landing page, what was the experience like? And what happened at each of the phases I took them through? The more aware I was at how someone was probably feeling at each step, the better I could craft my message and processes to help move them through the sale. The better you can make them feel at each step in the process, the more likely they'll keep progressing with you through your funnel. After more than a decade of building funnels, I've identified that there are seven core phases that we take every visitor through when they come into our world. The better you understand each of these phases and focus on how your customers will feel when they are in each step, the more success you will have. Earlier, we talked about the difference between a website and a funnel. I told you that one of the rules of direct response marketing is that a confused mind always says no. As you are looking at each of these phases, notice that on each step, I'm only asking them to do one thing. Each step will typically have its own hook to grab their attention, its own story to build perceived value, and its own offer, one call to action. If you try to get them to do more than one thing at each step, you're essentially be putting up a brick wall in your funnel that will stop most people from progressing. My goal is for you to make your customer journey through the seven phases of a funnel as frictionless as possible, and it all starts with thinking about what your goal is at each step in the funnel. Then craft your hook, story, and offer around that one thing. It's all about the preframe. In the book Sway, The Irresistible Pull of Irrational Behavior by Ori and Ram Brofman, I read about a fascinating study that took place at MIT demonstrating the preframe principle in action. They tell a story about a class of 70 economic students who were told they would have a substitute professor for the day. Since this professor was new, each student was to read a short biography of the teacher. The bios that were handed out to all of the students were identical except for one phrase. All of the bios praised this teacher's graduate work in economics and listed various fabulous accomplishments. Then half of the bios described the professor as a very warm person, while the other half described him as rather cold. That was the only difference, one phrase. 
After the lecture, each student was asked to fill out a survey to see how they liked the teacher. The ones who received the warm bio said that they loved him. They said he was good-natured, considerate of others, and sociable. The students who received the cold bio didn't like him at all. They said he was self-centered, formal, irritable, and ruthless. These students all sat through the same lecture, but the preframe changed their perception of what they witnessed. This study is such a cool example of the preframe principle at work. Before we talk about the seven phases of a funnel, you need to understand the concept of a preframe because each step in a funnel is a preframe for the next step. It's essential to optimize these steps not just for monetization, but also to build relationships and get visitors to continue to buy from you, someone that they know and trust. One big mistake many marketers make is focusing 100% on short-term conversions or monetization. They sell so aggressively, focus on the sell at hand, that they lose the respect of their customers. This mistake will cost you the long-term relationship that can be worth 10 times as much as the money made through the initial point of contact. A preframe is simply the state you place someone in as they enter the next step of your sales funnel. Changing the frame you take someone through can profoundly change the answer to the question or the experience they will have on the next step. My first internet marketing mentor was a guy named Mark Joyner. I remember him saying that not all clicks are created equal. That struck me odd because business owners always talk about traffic and how to get more clicks to their websites, but not a certain type of click. Wasn't a click just a click? But Mark made me understand that what really mattered most was the frame that someone goes through before they actually get to your funnel. He even went so far as to say that often the frame people enter your website through is usually more important than what they actually see on the page when they get there. He used me as an example. Consider a person came from a website that said, Russell Brunson is a scam artist. He stole my money. He's unethical. He's a liar and I don't trust him. Click here to see his new product. What do you think will happen when they click to see your new product? The preframe was terrible. That visitor would probably not like me and I would have a hard time getting them to buy anything. On the other hand, what if the person came from a site that said, Russell is an amazing person. I had a chance to meet him. We talked for an hour and what he taught me changed my business and my life. My company was able to go from nothing to $1 million in revenue a year. Click here to see his new product. The chances of converting that potential customer on my site are much, much higher. I can sell more if the visitor enters my website through a good preframe. The frame through which he enters my website completely changes what happens on that page. So the trick is to figure out how to control the frame that your traffic is coming through. The first time I really understood this principle was a few minutes before I got on stage to speak at Armin Morin's big seminar. I was backstage talking to Armin and he told me that after speaking at hundreds of events, he noticed that the number one thing that would affect his sales after his presentation was tied directly to how the event promoter introduced them before he came on stage. We joked about how bad most MCs were and how they'd read our name and our bio off a card and then we'd have to come up and speak. He told me that if you take control of your introduction, your preframe, before people hear you speak, it'll change everything. As this was Armour's event, he told me, watch how I introduce you and then let's see what percentage of the room buys your products when you're done. Typically, I would close about 15% of the room on my $1,997 course I would sell at the end of my presentation. During this event, after Armin introduced me and I delivered my presentation, I ended up closing over 42% of the people who were in the room. Same presentation, same offer, same price points, different preframe. I became so obsessed with my preframe that I actually made a video that was crafted to give me the perfect preframe and I made all MCs introduce the video and then I let the video deliver the perfect preframe every time. I rarely ever close less than 40% of a room from that point forward. I now use this lesson of preframing on every step of my funnel. Each page has its own hook, story, and offer, but it's also serving as the preframe for the next step. That's why it's so essential to really understand this concept and master it in your funnels. As you go through my funnels and other people's 
funnels. Notice how good funnels successfully create a pre-frame that makes you more likely to say yes on the next step. Phase number one, determine traffic temperature. When most people build a funnel, they start with the landing page. But I found that there are critical steps before the visitor even gets to the landing page that have a huge effect on how well your funnel performs. The first phase to examine is what we call traffic temperature. There are three levels of traffic that come to your website, hot, warm, and cold. Each group needs specific treatment and individualized communication. Each needs to come across a different bridge to arrive at your landing page. Yes, that means you may need three different landing pages depending on how you're driving traffic. Trust me, it's worth taking the extra time to set this up correctly. Here's a quote from Eugene Schwartz that helped me to understand the different traffic temperatures and how you must communicate differently with each type of traffic. If your prospect is aware of your product and has realized it can satisfy his desire, your headline starts with the product. If he is not aware of your product but only the desire itself, then your headline starts with the desire. If he is not yet aware of what he really seeks but is concerned with the general problem, your headline starts with the problem and crystallizes into a specific need. You have to figure out where your prospect is along the product awareness continuum. Problem aware, solution aware, or product aware. Where they are determines the temperature of the traffic. Hot traffic is made up of people who already know who you are and what products you sell. They know what their problem is, they're aware of all possible solutions, and they're also aware of the products you offer to help them solve their problems. They're on your email list, subscribe to your podcast, read your blog, follow you on Facebook and Instagram, and subscribe to your YouTube channel. Because you have an established relationship with them, you're going to talk to these people like they're your friends, because they are. You want to use your personality-driven communication through the attractive character. Warm traffic consists of people who don't know who you are yet, but they are aware of other potential solutions to their problems. When you read Traffic Secrets, I talk a lot about your Dream 100, or the people who have already congregated your dream customers. They are your warm traffic. You just need to make them aware of your solution to their problems. They are usually the subscribers, fans, and followers of the people who are already in your market. Cold traffic is made up of people who have a problem, but they aren't even aware yet of the potential solutions. They are typically the hardest to find and convert because they haven't yet congregated with the other who's in your market yet. Most of our traffic efforts will be to warm traffic, but as you grow, there will come a point where you will have to learn how to tap into cold traffic and create customers as opposed to moving them from another solution to yours like you do with warm traffic. After you've identified what types of traffic they're going to focus on for this particular funnel, the next step is to set up your pre-frame bridge to capture and warm up the traffic before they get to your landing page. Phase number two, set up the pre-frame bridge. The second phase is your pre-frame bridge. This could be an ad, a video, an email, or an article. It's a bridge that pre-frames people before they get to your landing page. Different types of traffic need different bridges. A hot traffic bridge is typically very short. You already have a relationship with these people, so you don't have to do a lot of credibility building or pre-framing. You can probably just send out a quick email with links to your landing page, and that's about it. Or you can write a blog post or record a podcast encouraging people to check out your offer. These people will listen and do as you suggest simply because they already know, like, and trust you. A warm traffic bridge is a little longer than a hot traffic bridge, but not much. If you are targeting your warm traffic on any of the social platforms, you can often use a video to bridge the gap between where they are on someone else's fan page or watching a YouTube video and where you want to take them. 
For example, if I have an ad that's targeting Tony Robbins' audience on Facebook, I may have a video talking about how I learned the concept of growth and contribution from Tony, and then I have a book that will show you how you can take all of the things that you're learning and start contributing by creating a business. I would then guide them to a funnel where they could buy expert secrets. Do you see how that works? The pre-frame bridge speaks to them where they are now and gives them the context they need so they understand why they need your product or service. A cold traffic bridge is the longest type of bridge. With warm traffic, I'm just showing them my solution to their problems. With cold traffic, often I have to help them to even know they have a problem. I'm not moving customers from one congregation to another. I'm creating a customer out of thin air. For hot and warm traffic, the ad generally serves as the preframe. There's usually not much of a need for an extra step before these people understand your offer. But for cold traffic, you often need a whole separate page that they have to go through. We call this a bridge page, before they even hit your landing page. As I just explained, this separate preframe page educates people, enabling them to better appreciate your offer and making them more likely to convert. I used to own a company that sold supplements to help with neuropathy pain. We had our own customer list, hot traffic, that we would send emails to, and they would reorder just by us reminding them that they should. We would then target people who suffered from neuropathy, warm traffic, on all the social channels to let them know about our new groundbreaking product that was the answer to their problems. It was easy to get this warm traffic to at least give us a try and become a customer. But then we brought ads to people who didn't know they had neuropathy. Many people know they have nerve pain, but have never heard of the word neuropathy. So our cold traffic offer helps people with nerve pain, a simpler, more relatable term. My preframe stated that if you have nerve pain, it's probably caused by neuropathy. The page goes on to explain a bit about the unfamiliar term. Then when the visitor gets to the funnel's landing page, all the language suddenly makes sense. They now understand that nerve pain is due to neuropathy and our supplements can help. What happens when we do that? Our universe of potential customers expands exponentially. If you can create a cold traffic bridge that will take cold traffic and warm it up for you, your potential to grow your company dramatically goes up. Whatever product you're selling, it's critical that you match your message to your traffic's temperature and knowledge. This awareness will help you to determine the kind of bridge required to take them to the landing page. Phase number three, qualify subscribers. The whole goal here is to take all of the traffic, hot, warm, and cold, and find out who is willing to give us an email address in exchange for more information. This is known as subscribing to a list. If people aren't willing to give you their email addresses at this point, they're highly unlikely to give you money later. Qualifying subscribers is done through an opt-in or squeeze page that offers something of value in return for contact information. This is typically the very front end of your value ladder. For my companies, it's usually a free report or a free video showing the visitor one thing that they would really want to know. Let's say I have a thousand visitors who come to my site each day. If I have 30% conversion rate, then I know that about 300 people who would be interested in my information. Now I have a list of warm leads I can continue to move them through the rest of my funnel. Phase number four, qualify buyers. Immediately after you qualify your subscribers, you wanna find out who among them is the buyer. How many of those 300 people who are interested in getting free information are willing to pull out their credit card and make a purchase? Notice I said you must find your potential buyers immediately after you qualify subscribers. Don't wait a day or a week. Qualify buyers right away. My early mentor, Dan Kennedy, taught me this golden principle. A buyer is a buyer is a buyer. If someone is willing to buy from you once, they will continue to buy from you as long as you keep offering value. So as soon as someone fills out their name and their email address and clicks on the submit button, they should land on a sales page that offers them your first premium offer. 
I typically sell very low-ticket products here that range from being free, they just cover the shipping and handling costs, to somewhere in the $7 to $10 range. I like the offer to be extremely inexpensive so I can find out who all my buyers are, who is willing to pull out a credit card in exchange for something that I'm selling. I want to know who those people are because if they are willing to buy something, then I'm willing to spend more money to market to them. I might be willing to call those buyers on the phone, send them a postcard or a letter in the mail, or make them special offers that I don't just send to my subscriber list. At this point, I have two lists, a subscriber list and a buyer list. Each of these lists is unique and gets treated differently. Phase number five, identifying your hyperactive buyers. After you've identified the buyers, you want to identify the hyperactive buyers. These are your dream customers who are willing to pay more money to solve their problems now. I'm a self-proclaimed hyperactive buyer in the markets that I'm passionate about. Let me tell you a quick story to illustrate how many of the people who come into your funnels will work. A little while ago, I decided to take some of my employees bowling. Now, bowling happens to be my third favorite sport behind wrestling and jiu-jitsu. All three are markets that I spend time congregating in. I'm a pretty good bowler, but for some reason that day, I was off. Even though I brought my own ball and my own glove and my shoes, no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't close out a frame. Normally that would be okay, but one of my other employees was having the night of his life. Strike after strike, he taunted me in front of my team. While we all had a good time at my expense, that night I went home and I was in pain. I wanted out of that pain as fast as possible. I started searching online for help. Within minutes, I bought a new ball from one site and new shoes from another. I purchased books, videos, and more. During that moment, I was a hyperactive buyer and I wanted to buy everything I could get to make me feel better. You want to be able to identify these people as quickly as possible and help them. If you don't, they will go to your competitor and give them money instead. When you're in pain and want relief, they will spend money to solve that problem now. There's a funny ending to this story. Within a few days, I was out of pain and no longer thinking about bowling. The things I ordered showed up in the mail, and for years I've received emails from these companies trying to get me to buy more things. But I've never been in enough pain to buy anything again from them. The window for them closed. I want to be sure that I give people the ability to buy when they want to buy. That is why having upsells and cross-sells inside of your funnel is so important, because if they don't get their itch scratched by you in the moment, they will keep searching and spend their money somewhere else instead. If you honestly believe that you have the best products and services to help your dream customers, then you owe it to yourself and to them to offer upsells inside of your funnel. Now that I've identified who my hyperactive buyers are, I will also put them on a separate sublist and I will market to them differently. I will spend more money to market to someone who has spent $1,000 with me rather than someone who's only spent 10. Phase number six, age and ascend the relationship. At this point, the initial sales experience is pretty much over. Point one through five all happen during the point of sale within five to 10 minutes. And the next two phases are where the attractive character takes your new dream customer by the hand and helps to move them up your value ladder. You'll be using follow-up funnels, secret number seven, to build a relationship with them and move them onto the next funnel in your value ladder. Phase number seven, change the selling environment. Typically, it's difficult to sell super expensive products or services online. Not many people are going to read a sales letter and click the add to cart button for a $15 or $100,000 product. Some might, but usually you have to change the selling environment if you want to sell high ticket products. The most common ways to change the environment are to sell the pricier items over the phone, through direct mail, or at a live event or seminar. The funnels in the back end of your value ladder typically are created in a way to sell people on an idea or a concept, but then you have to schedule an appointment to talk to you on the phone. There you're able to customize what you offer and speak to them inside of a completely different sales environment. People on the phone are more likely to listen closely to an offer. The salesperson has the benefit of live feedback. He or she can overcome objections and help people make up their minds on the fly. 
When we change the selling environment, we can communicate at a different level, and it becomes easier to move people to the highest levels of the value ladder. You've now had a chance to see the seven phases of a sales funnel, and I want to encourage you, as you are now a funnel hacker, to see what others are doing inside of each phase. Put on your funnel consultant hat, and as you do this and you see what steps they are missing and what things they could do to make you feel better at each step in the process. If I were to consult with the retail store on how to increase sales, I would look at everything that happened during the customer's experience with the store, including the moment the new customer saw the ad, walked in the door, and received a greeting from the employees. I would analyze what the customer saw that made them choose certain items, what products were point of sale, and how the cashier upsold them during the checkout. I would then analyze the follow-up sequences already in place to bring that customer back. Increasing online sales happens the same way. You need to break out and examine each of the phases that your customer passes through in your sales funnels. After you're aware of the distinct steps and break out each into a separate experience, you can then tweak each aspect to get more conversions. In this way, you can help people ascend to the next level of your value ladder. If you're stuck in your business, it's probably because there's a problem somewhere inside of one of these seven phases. What's the temperature of the traffic you're driving? What's the pre-frame bridge that you're taking potential buyers through? Are you qualifying subscribers on the landing page? Are you qualifying buyers on the sales pages? And your hyperactives on the upsell pages? Are you aging and ascending the relationship to match the buyer with the offer that they really need the most? Are you changing the selling environment for your high-ticket offers? Most importantly, how are you treating your different groups so that each can receive special tailored experiences? I want to quickly recap the seven phases again. Phase number one, determine traffic temperature. Are the people you are sending into the funnel hot, warm, or cold traffic? Phase number two, set up the pre-frame bridge. Based on the types of traffic you're sending, what types of pre-frame bridges do you need to create? Phase number three, qualify subscribers. Who of all of your visitors are willing to give you their email address in exchange for your free offer? Phase number four, qualify your buyers. Who of all of your subscribers are willing to give you their credit card in exchange for your first premium offer? Phase number five, identify your hyperactive buyers. Who are the people who are willing to spend more money now to solve their problems? Phase number six, age and ascend the relationship. Now that I have their contact information, how can I build the relationship with the attractive character? Phase number seven, change the selling environment. How can I move them through my value ladder by taking them outside of just my online funnels? Now that you've seen the overall strategy of how we take our customers through our funnels, I want to talk about a second type of funnel that we call a follow-up funnel.